What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, teaching the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Vidal, and on today's episode, we are talking about three ways to create a lot more value in your products. This is a red alarm episode. The amount of people I've talked to that are marketing their products in a way that is really not effective at all. Uh, by that, I mean you're kind of just saying the simple facts about it. This is the materials that we use. This is where it's made. We're a family-owned business. We're a small business. We are uh, eco-friendly. We are uh, a premier fashion luxury brand. All of these things that are just like branding statements or things that people could see your product and already get. And either way, none of those things are the reason that someone buys. Now, the reason that someone buys your product or service usually comes down to one of the three things that we're going to be talking about today. So let's first talk about the importance of selling convenience. Obviously, you all know, yeah, I know convenience is important. Here's how to actually implement it in your business, and here's just how important it is. Amazon is basically entirely based around the premise of how can we just sell other products that already existed, but more conveniently. And simply by solving that problem, just, hey, it's the everything store. You can buy everything you want at one place online rather than going to five different stores, paying five different shipping costs, and waiting for different periods of time to get all of your stuff. This is just one store that you can buy it all. And then eventually they added two-day shipping. There's one-day shipping now. There's even uh, faster means uh, that are being rolled out, and they even bought Whole Foods, they're just doing everything to be as convenient as possible. And partly why they bought Whole Foods is uh, you can return Amazon products there really easily. So even the returns are more convenient through Amazon than other stores. And just by having that convenience factor is enough to grab a giant market share of the entire online space. Nearly everything you buy from Amazon could have been bought from that company's website and a lot of times cheaper. But just the fact that you're buying it from a trustworthy site, you're gonna get in two days, they already have your card on file, you don't have to go run your car, get your card, you already have your address saved, you know it's just gonna be one click to buy it. Those minutes that Amazon is saving you is enough for people to say, I don't really care about looking up if I can get a better deal somewhere because I might have to pay shipping anyways and who cares, it's just one click, I'm done. So this company has stolen such a large market share purely by just selling convenience. Now another way that pretty much all of you, especially you coaches out there, should be using convenience in your business to get more sales is through prospecting. I feel like a lot of coaches out there, and even e-commerce, I could say, uh, you're just creating a lot of content and then just waiting for people to come to you. Yeah, absolutely e-commerce. I'll give examples for each type of business here of where you can be more active in your prospecting, thus making it way more convenient for people to buy from you. Some of my best clients have been those that I have had to DM outreach to before they even knew I had a coaching program. So for me, if I didn't ever outreach to people, the only way that they'd hear that I had these coaching programs or even just like a free consultation call they could take me up on or a free course, generally they would have to listen to the end of a podcast episode. And I only talk about my offers or even free resources that you can get from me on so many episodes. So not only do they need to listen to the end, they would need to listen to quite a bit of episodes from me before they'd find the one. 
And then if they get the free course, they'd have to download that and get to the end of it and then hear about my other services. Like there's just so much work that goes into even learning about my services that unless I go prospect some of these clients, then they wouldn't even know that I had something to sell. It's actually kind of embarrassing sometimes when I talk to someone who's been listening to my podcast for over a year and then they still don't know that my company is mostly based around just helping businesses run their first Instagram ad campaign. And um, unless some of these bigger companies, I, I would reach out to them uh, it, it just kind of never happens that they reach out to me. So to give you an example, if I see that there's some business that is liking a bunch of my posts and I click on their account and I see, man, this is a prime person that could come into my program and probably crush it with it, I'm going to send them a message and just simply say, hey, or even just compliment their page. I'm not going to try to sell them anything. But what happens is the next message back is they're like, hey, Derek, love your podcast. By the way, do you have any paid coaching programs that I could look into from you. And they don't, like I don't even do any pitch or anything. They just already tried to buy because they just needed it to be a little bit more convenient to do so. Now on the product side of things, how could you make it more convenient to buy from you? Well, simply even doing a farmer's market or some kind of in-person event would make it so, hey, we took away the shipping. We, we went right to the customers. We're running this event. Uh, this, we'll say farmer's market, we'll stick with that. They came up, you get to save them on shipping costs, they're buying directly from you, so they might be able to save uh, a little bit uh, else, and you know, might, you might run some kind of discount at the show, uh, but that would be a way to, to make buying from you a little bit more convenient. Or you say, how can we reduce the amount of clicks on our website before someone can complete a purchase? Is there anything in our checkout form that we can just simply remove so that it's a little bit quicker, is there anything we can do like get the new Fast Checkout app? I'm pretty sure it's called Fast. Uh, and I think it integrates with Shopify and it just makes it so people can check out extremely quick on your website. So maybe you can look into some things like that. You can even improve the loading speed on your website. There's a lot of things that you can do to make buying from you more convenient. But the more convenient you make it, then the better. And that's how to more improve your sales conversions on a smaller scale. It's like just making your website more convenient. That might lead to like a 1% conversion rate. But how you get the really big um, you know, boost from using this in your marketing is gonna be tying it into your offer. A common way that you might see this is that Best Buy and a lot of those other tech companies, in order to make their uh, overall process just more convenient and just easier to get sales, they had to introduce the, the shipping and the installation that people could buy. So in this case, it was just an added service, but it also led to a lot more sales just in the first place because there'd be people that were like, hey, I don't have the 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 resources to move this TV and I don't know how to install it. So unless you can do that, I can't even buy it, right? So think about how could we make every part of our process more convenient and this will always lead to more sales. Second thing we're gonna be talking about is liability. So the most common way you'll see this is through like payment companies, uh, Stripe, the entire premise of how they got started was just Let's just be PayPal, but we'll take more liability away from the process. Because the problem with PayPal is that if you ever get a, a big payment on there, 
usually it holds the money from you and it might even be up to 21 days or even longer before they actually give it to you. So PayPal does this because their fees are a little bit lower. But Stripe, how it works is it's essentially just slightly higher fees than PayPal, but you can get instant payout. And uh, like as soon as you get a, get paid on an order and every couple of days that it automatically uh, deposits the money that you get from all your sales. And what this does is it's just like a big benefit to people because it's convenient that you get your money quicker. And they charge slightly higher fees because if someone tries to get a refund after they've already paid you, this just could be, it could get a little bit messier for them. So they're essentially just a company that sells liability. They didn't solve anything by becoming a payment processor coming. They company, they said, let's just be that, but then uh, take away the liability from the customer. The most common way that pretty much everyone listening to the show can do, though, to sell liability uh, or to get the added value from taking away the liability from the customer, I should say, is with warranties. So a lot of times it becomes so much easier to sell a product just because you say, and if it breaks within a year, we'll take care of it or five years or, hey, the, the, the better the warranty, you know, the better. <laughs> uh, but you want to position it in a place where you you don't think you're going to have to adhere to the warranty, right? The refund or the replacement, but it also is more to get a sale than it is to cover your ass. Otherwise, it's not really a value builder. So when you're thinking about creating a warranty, don't think, well, what would be, like, like this product will probably break in eight months, so let's give them a six-month warranty. <laughs> That's an extreme example, but you're not thinking of it from how can we really cover our ass, um, you know, in case things go wrong. You are trying to really add a lot of value with the warranty to increase sales, especially on the, like, coaching and, and service side of things. What a lot of agencies will do nowadays, which is, it's difficult to do this. Uh, so uh, you really got to have your shit down to be able to offer like a money back guarantee. But if you have run, let's say it's like for Facebook or Instagram ads, and it's for coaches, you've run so many Facebook ads for coaches before you sold so many courses, and you just really have your template down that you get to the point that you can promise other coaches, we will get you X amount of sales, or we will refund your money. If you can do something like that, this is one of the easiest ways to close people on the first time they ever hear from you. And I was actually closed by an agency in the past on on ads that said, if we can't get you this many sales within 30 days, we will refund you the $3,500. And I did explicitly tell them, I'm like, I will be requesting that money back Like if you can't do it. And I didn't think they could, and I was right. And now my hindsight, my wisdom, just what it takes to run profitable ads is enough to know my company was not ready at that time to be selling a $1,000 course through a web webinar through ads. So I, I would have been able to give myself that insight now. But at the time, I was like, hey, I've tried everything. But if you guys think you can make it happen, and I don't have to do anything else besides just pay you the money, and you're going to pay me that money back, if you can't get me the sales to cover it in 30 days, I'll do it. But the one thing with this, uh, just from the buyer side, which we're not as much talking about today, but I should at least let you know about this, is uh, in most of these cases, if they don't adhere to their contract, 
there's only so much you can do. Like you can go to court, but small claims court, usually even if you win, the judge is just going to tell them to pay you and you're just in the exact same position you were where you're just waiting on them to actually do the payments. The judge isn't going to be like, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of their stuff as collateral. Uh, it's different for every state and of course every country you're in, but uh, a lot of these contract situations where they say, I will give you your money back is really on their word. So uh, take that for whatever it is. But on the seller side, because you guys listening would actually adhere to your warranty if you do this, if you create a warranty that has such a crazy way that people can get a refund uh, and it just makes them feel totally confident in buying from you, like Cutco Knives, when I sold those, they have a forever warranty. We're like, if you break it, if your child breaks it, if they're, if, if you will it down to your grandkids, your great, 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 grandkid and they break it we will still replace it for free like they have that kind of warranty it's a forever warranty not a lifetime one and it just made it so easy to sell the knives we're like this is the last knife set your family will ever have to buy you can literally will them down through generations and this was absolutely true i'd be around for like 70 years and they're like i'm the third one to own this knife set so it's just kind of insane and part of how they work is one, there's only so many people that ever take you up on a warranty, so that makes you have a lot more room for play. And then the other thing was that, uh, you know, they, they could get their knives exchanged a few times before the company would go unprofitable. And then also that the knives were just so damn strong that they rarely broke in the first place, okay? So it takes a lot on the product side of things to actually be able to create these crazy warranties. But think about what is the craziest warranty that I could make and still probably make it out okay. But such by telling people about this, the amount of those who would just buy right away would rapidly increase. And that is where you want to have your head at with um, liability if you can really see that being a value builder. This last one we're going to go into, though, is the biggest one. So everyone, get ready to take notes. Really take part of this because this is ultimately what a lot of sales are. Most sales are selling status. And even when you get a no sale, a lot of times that is because someone perceived that buying it would decrease their status. So let's go into some examples here. Something that might be a little bit more obvious would be like the skincare industry. Why is someone buying an acne treatment uh, skincare product? Because they want to get rid of their acne? Okay, well, why? Well, because then they'll have clear skin. Okay, why? Because then they'll be um, more attractive on the dating market. Uh, is it, often like what ultimately is going on, right? Like, so if they're if they weren't on the dating market, they'd still want to take care of it, right? But I mean, that's just a really strong pull. If they're single and uh, like like you could really just sell them on like you could increase your chances to get a partner is ultimately why they're buying it. So you know the phrase sex sells. I do like to say that it's more love sells though because a lot of these uh, you know, people that are buying and they're like, oh, well, hey, he's trying to be on the dating market. You know what that means? It does also mean they're looking for a lifetime partner a lot of times or you know, whatever their relationship uh, it desires. And uh, that is also more what it is. So like sex sells is a very popular statement, also completely true. But I do like to say it's more love sells because realize that uh, even for the people that aren't just out there trying to get laid, they're still buying on the same premise that it is to find a partner a lot of the times. So let's say about like business coaching. Why would I, why would someone buy business coaching from me? 
to increase their sales. Yeah, but why do they want to do that? So they can have more time freedom. What do they want to do with that time? They want more time with their family a lot of times if if not for themselves and ultimately like that's what I'm selling which boils back down to convenience right so ultimately if I can teach people how to run their business more efficiently and make more money then I will that I'm selling convenience I'm selling status because now they're a accomplished business owner everyone has that deep down you know that if you were just crushing it in entrepreneurship there are some people that you would love to hear about it. And there's nothing uh, evil or cynical about that. This is just purely like, oh, yeah, it would be really cool to show people that I could do it. It would be cool to have these people proud of me. I'd love to show my parents that uh, I can do it and I'm making all this money with my business. It still is like very status driven at the end of it. So other ways that you can think of adding status to your product is to just be very real about this is what I'm ultimately selling. So if you come out with all of these little statements like 100% cotton shirts made in the USA and family owned and you know all of those other sustainable luxury lifestyle, vintage clothing, um, live your happiest, best life, just all of these saturated marketing terms. There's a lot of different businesses I just said there that those would be examples for, but all these just very saturated marketing and branding statements that everyone's using do not work. You need to appeal to the status or at least kind of create this in your imagery. It's not that you would say, like if, if you're trying to sell shirts, you wouldn't say, become the popular person at school, right? You can't be like obvious with it, but it's important to know that ultimately that's what they're buying it for. So if you can have a picture of a model wearing your clothing and they uh, are out socializing and they look like they're having a good time and everyone's giving them their attention, this is just subliminal, right? Where they're like, oh damn, like I love that shirt that this guy's wearing. And like, it's not maybe obvious to them like, oh, like, it looks like everyone will talk to me if I get it, but it's just kind of communicated through the messaging. Uh, another way that you could do this, let's say you're a restaurant. Does a restaurant with a lot of atmosphere and some fancy dish that they set on fire when they bring it out to your table and they sing some song that you can put on Instagram, probably not the song part, but you know, they set this dish on fire, That like Salt Bay, right? Like you can go to Salt Bay's restaurant. Can they sell steak for way more than any other steakhouse just because it's from Salt Bay. All right, so status, the thing about it, the reason why it's very important is because this is what creates humongous profit margins. Ultimately, like selling status is something that even a restaurant does. Uh, I went to uh, Switzerland recently and uh, we saw like a table next to us that had a flaming beer. So they like threw a Threw a whiskey shot in there, set it on fire, dumped a beer in there, swirled it, and whatever they do, the whole restaurant has to look at it. And we're posting on our story the whole time, right? I, I got a social media account. Like, it's, I don't know if we would have bought the fire beer if social media didn't exist, but hey, it does. And we wanted to film the fire beer. So it's just the reality of it. If you own a waffle house and you stack the waffles in a way that looks like a house, and then you put a little teepee out of it you know it doesn't matter you just you get what i'm saying like uh, do you have an instagrammable restaurant do you have a product that when people get it 
They want to take pictures of it so they can share to their story. Crumble cookies. Here's a good example. Crumble cookies sell status. Yeah, they're damn good cookies. They're way, there's way too much sugar in them. They make me sick, but they look awesome. And you can put it on your Instagram story. You can't put a cook, cookie you get from Subway on your Instagram story, but you can go to Crumble and spend five times the amount on a cookie. And then you can open that pink box to that delectable little, you know, done up cookie that is just on the next level and you're going to post it on your store. You can do like a boomerang of you opening the box and then uh, you're going to get like seven likes. So, I, I mean, that's a fuckload of likes. I don't know about what you get, but you know, that's a lot. So like two, three likes, but you're like, screw it. Like I want to post something on my story. I want to post that I did something today. And it, even if it's subconscious, this is still really going on. And if you can create this experience where people are like, well, this is awesome. I get a cookie, but like I also get to throw it on my story. Then all of a sudden you can add two bucks to your cookie without doing anything else. So status is very important because it ultimately is why most sales are happening. But also by nailing this down in your marketing is how you create massive profit margin. So I hope this gets the gears turning. This has been a needle moving episode. And if it didn't need move the needle, listen back to it, my friends. And I'm going to promote this one more time. Actually, on my last podcast, I said it was the last time, but I'm going to do it now because this bridge is well if you don't know how to apply this information. What I'm doing right now is just free. They've been Instagram audits, but ultimately it's also like a business and a branding audit uh, when it really comes to it. So uh, for those of you that would like a little bit of help for like, all right, I get it, but how do I sell status and liability and convenience for my company? Uh, reach out to me. All you got to do Screen, uh, re- review the podcast either on Spotify or Apple. I can't just do this totally for free, right? It's free monetarily, but review the podcast on one of those platforms, screenshot it, and then DM me a screenshot at social bamboo underscore. And then I will go into your account, look at your branding, look at how you can uh, apply some of these marketing moves, and I will rock your socks off in just a few messages, my friends. So no cost to you except for just the review. Uh, this will probably be the last time I actually mention it. So uh, you know, take me up on this ASAP. Appreciate you all listening. Talk to you soon.